Okay, let's get started. My name is Lester, and welcome to this podcast. This is our first episode ever, ever. It's entirely new to me. I've never done this before, so um, it's going to be a learning curve. Anyway, welcome, and uh, let's get started. Um, we call ourselves the People's Front of Judea. Now, um, it's nothing to do with uh, Israel or, or Hebrew or the Judea the Jewish people in general. It's actually uh, from Life of Brian. And uh, there's, a, there's a part there where you've got this group there and they're the uh, People's Front of Judea. And they make this big distinction that they're not the Judean People's Front. They're the People's Front of Judea, not the Judean People's Front. And uh, so it's obviously a bit of a joke there. But uh, that's kind of how the, the way that I feel about things in general. You know, you see a lot of media stuff going on Oh, this is extreme left and this is extreme right. Well, to me, like, what's the difference? They're both totalitarian if you go extreme enough in either direction. So, so it's like saying, oh, you know, the the Democrats are saying, oh, well, you know, um, we're the People's Front of Judea, and then the other, and then the Republicans are saying, oh, we're the Judean People's Front. It's just like really. So that's how the um, the name came about, which kind of expresses my outlook. So I'm pretty much uh, not bound to any party. And, and I wanted to provide a voice to people who are like, yep, uh, I like certain things that the left do and the, or the progressives do, but uh, not all. And I want the right to, re- to criticize those guys. And on the other side, I might like what the uh, the right does and uh, the, what the conservatives do. Um, but there are other things there that I would criticize and I want the right to criticize as well. So that's the uh, essential premise of where I'm coming from and uh, in our worldview. And these podcasts are about uh, commentating on issues happening in in our day, mainly on YouTube and, and social media, taking a look at them through that lens. Um, I'm looking for a co-host, so if there's someone here who likes this and might think they, that they want to have, uh, or can add value, then certainly reach out to me, that'd be great. We've got a Facebook page and we've got this YouTube channel uh, and and we've also got the, the podcast, so you can comment and subscribe on, on Facebook or YouTube. And uh, I'll get to them, and um, you might, you know, might be some good suggested topics that we can cover. That's housekeeping out of the way. Let's get some. Uh, uh, let's get started. First topic: women's soccer pay claims. So this is the U.S. women's soccer team that just uh, got their pay claim denied. They got denied on the basis of gender, and I think they've approached it the wrong way. So let me just give you this analysis, and then um, you might be able to sort of maybe see where I'm, where I'm coming from. The the men's soccer team only wanted the cash, okay? But the women's soccer team, their compensation was based on a certain number of uh, employee benefits. So when they wanted to, to make the claim that, you know, they really worth as much and, and got equal pay, the, the, the lawyers just added all the cost of all the employee benefits, added their cash and said, no, you're getting paid more. But I have a feeling Megan Rapino played it wrongly. And uh, by the way, I think she's super hot. I know that she is uh, in a same-sex relationship. And for a bloke like me, I'm obviously off the menu. But uh, anyway, she's still hot. It's just my opinion. And um, anyway, that's just how it is. All right, let's get on with it. So they made the claim about it was based on, on gender discrimination. And I think if they did it differently, um, they, they might have um, got a better result. So... Part of their, their salary, they got the signing bonuses, etc. But part of their, their salary benefits were they got severance benefits, they got in, uh, in, um, injury protection, health, dental, 
vision insurance, pregnancy pay, you know, guaranteed rest time, childcare assistance, all these sort of benefits that were added in. And the guys didn't. Now, here's the first thing. The guys didn't do that because they got all those benefits from their quote-unquote day job. So being part of the, the representative team for the U.S. was their uh, second gig. Now, unless I'm mistaken, the U.S. soccer team, the women's soccer team, this is their gig, as far as I know. I, I don't think they get anything else. This is what they do. This is all they do. Now, I could, I could be wrong, but uh, if, you can, uh, if you can provide or shed some light on that, please let me know. To me, this is a commercial decision, okay? What the, the women wanted was, on top of what they got, an additional $66 million. Now, I think that they're worth it. Because I don't know, I mean, I, I know that they've won four, you, uh, four world championships. Sorry, five. Five world championships. Okay? I don't think the US men's soccer team have won any. I, I can't think of any. They might have come, you know, placed, you know, second or third, whatever. But they haven't got the solid wins. So, to me, they're definitely worth it. I mean, I don't know anything about the, the men's soccer team. I know about the women's soccer team. So, just that alone is worth, uh, is worth extra money. And that's $66 million, not for, uh, which is, I think, what they pay um, uh, Ronaldo. But that's for the, the entire team. So, I think they were definitely worth it as far as, if, if they went, went, not on the basis of gender, if they said, hey, screw gender, compare us to, compare us to the men's team on world championships, on ticket sales, on merch, on just coverage of the actual game, uh, compare us to the men, uh, we're definitely worth more than the men. I think if they win on that basis, they'd probably have a fair shake at it. And the second point they should have made was, um, you know, the men don't have all these, these employee benefits because this is their number two gig. If they can make the argument, this, the women's soccer team, this is our number one gig. This is what we do. Uh, I think... I don't know, I think they would have had a much better claim rather than the, oh, we want the same as men because then you, 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 you I just think they've, they've shot themselves in the foot. So Megan Rapinoe, super hot lady. I think they can still probably, file, we're going to file another claim now for $66 million based on this argument. And I think they can do that. So um, second thing, I see a lot of people talking on the media about systemic racism. Do they really know what they mean? You Google it, and systemic um, systemic racism or institutional racism is a form of racism that is embedded through laws within a society or an organisation. The key word there is laws. When someone like Don Lemon or on CNN, when they say, "Oh, systemic relationship," a systemic relationship, or "Oh, it's just systemic racism," you can't just say that word because it actually means something. I mean, point to the actual actual legislation either within the actual country or the society or the organization, the law that says that this person can't do it because of their race and this person can because of their race. That's systemic racism. They just use these words all the time in the media and, and then now I start seeing people using it and they don't know what they're talking about. Or they'll say something, oh, that's, that's racism when, when it's between genders. That's sexist. Racism is about someone's race. If, if it's, it's something between genders, it's sexist. Or genderist, if you want to call it that way. Anyway, I digress. So, here are other types of systemic uh, racism. I remember watching a program called Finding Your Roots with a lady named Cheryl Sandberg. I think she had uh, Czech, Jewish, or Polish-Jewish lineage. 
she talked about a time when in Europe they had special taxes just for Jews. And this went right back to Roman times, believe it or not. So that's nearly 2,000 years of systemic, systemic racism. Candle tax, because Jews have um, on their Passover, or on their, their special festivals, they, they use candles, so they had to pay an extra tax on that. They had to pay tax on the kosher meats, extra. Down to, they had to pay, in some cases, a tolerance tax. In other words, they, they had to pay extra money to, to, to the government so that they could be tolerated. Now, that is systemic racism. Cheryl's intuitions are correct. Her ancestors made a very fortuitous decision to leave Vidzi. Almost the entire Jewish population of the town was murdered during the Holocaust. Few records of that population survive. In fact, for many Jewish people from the region, there were no records at all. But Cheryl's family provided an exception. We found a document that shed light on her deeper roots. Whoa! This is a tax record dated September 27th, 1846. Name Itzik, father Shachno, surname Klumo. Mm -hmm. That's your wow. fourth great grandfather. And you just amazing. met his your father. Fifth, my fifth. Your great, fifth great, great grandfather. That's amazing. You got it. <laughs> Can't wait to show my parents this. Well, that document records what's known as a candle tax. Any idea what a candle tax might have been? Must have been a ta tax on candles. Don't mean to be too literal. <laughs> You're a genius. Yeah. It was a tax on the candles used in Sabbath ceremonies. Meaning oh, so it was it's a tax for juice. Tax on juice. Tax on juice. <laughs> Unbelievable. Throughout Europe, going back to the Romans, special taxes were imposed on Jews. Hmm. There were meat taxes, which taxed the sale and slaughter of kosher meats. Some countries even had tolerance taxes that Jewish people had to pay simply to be tolerated. Tolerance taxes? That's tolerance. unbelievable. Tolerance That's worse tax. than a candle tax by a lot. Oh, it's the worst. Oh my it's, God. it's the most perverse tax I ever heard of my whole life. You also see other evidences of it uh, in the US and, and certainly in Australia, where I'm from. There was a movie called On the Basis of Sex, which is a great movie, actually. It's a true story. So here you had this person, this lady, was challenging laws. She went to Harvard Law School. She's challenging laws through the movie based on uh, the interpretation because the, the laws that were written, say, 200, 300 years ago, just assumed that the woman is the one who's going to be doing the caring in the house and caring, etc., etc., and it's the man who will be out doing the work. So fast forward to today, you, they're lo looking at these laws and, and the guy goes, well, I'm a male, but I'm, I'm also a caregiver, and the law's going, well, no, these, these benefits only apply to women. So um, this is what she was fighting. For people like, say, Jordan Peterson to sort of say, oh, the patriarchal, you know, it's appalling and, you know, it's, it's all... I wouldn't say he says it's made up, but he doesn't give it much credence. It did exist. And for laws like this, I mean, this is in the 50s and 60s and the 70s that this lady was, uh, was living in. So you could, you could say that a lot of these laws, the remnants of the patriarchy, still exist and still exist up till the 60s and 70s. So it was a good movie. I'd recommend you guys to watch it. But, you know, that systemic relationship where the law actually prevents someone from... Um, actually, that's... Sorry, let me just correct myself. That's systemic sexism, where the law um, precludes or denies someone their rights because of their gender and where it gives other people benefits based on their gender. 
Um, I think also, as a digression, in the Magna Carta, there were some parts in the Magna Carta that said, if you owed money to a Jew, if he died, his wife cannot collect on the loan. So that loan dies with him. So she ends up with nothing. Yeah, systemic racism and systemic uh, genderism did exist. And it's only been recent that it's been changed, but there's certainly still remnants there and they need to be addressed. Marxist elites. Okay. So here's the story about the uh, Black Lives Matter co-founder, um, Colors. I forgot what her first name is. But um, she's been buying homes. A number of them. Multi-million dollar homes. One of the leaders of the Black Lives Matter organization who calls herself a trained Marxist is now being called a fraud. After property records showed, Patrice Colors shelled out millions of dollars on four luxury homes, one of them in Los Angeles's exclusive 88% white Topanga Canyon. This is the Associated Press reports Black Lives Matter took in some $90 million in donations last year. Now remember, this is the organization. The movement with people in the streets, they're not getting rained down on by cash. Now other people in the organization want an investigation into the group's finances. The head of the New York chapter of BLM Org also wants a close look at Color's personal finances, saying a self-professed socialist should ask how much of their own money is going to charitable causes. So, to me, she can buy whatever she wants. The question is, um, where does she get the funds from? So if people are donating to, to Black Lives Matter for the purposes of furthering that particular organization or movement, and she's siphoning off the top there to feather her own nest, obviously that's out of order. Um, if she's made the money herself, that's fine. Now, this notion that in this clip where the lady talks that, oh, she's a self-declared trained Marxist, she shouldn't be doing this. Well, <laughs> if history is any sort of indication, she is doing exactly what Marxist elites do. Look at Stalin, look at Mao Zedong, look at all these guys. Um, the rules that they imposed were always for someone else, not for the elite. The rules don't apply to them. And you see that in capitalists as well. I mean, how many of these guys here just walk around thinking that the laws don't apply to themselves? To me, she's doing exactly what Marxist, Marxist elites do. Police as enemy. All right. So this is going to be a touchy one for sure, and there are going to be a lot of comments about this. This clip where they pulled over this lieutenant. My sister lives in Kansas, and uh, my son lives here in Australia, but both of them are very much, um, the cops were wrong and shouldn't have done it, and I'm glad he got sacked. And I looked at the clip and I'm thinking, well, they were just wanted. They were just pulling the guy over to check his license plate, and and to me, the guy was resisting passive aggressively. So I can't really see what they did wrong, because this guy is continually, what's going on? What's going on? If you count in this clip here, how many times he says, what's going on? I just want to know what's going on. Just want to know what's going on. Going on. You know, after the the twentieth or thirtieth time, I mean, I'd be pissed off as well. Traffic stop, 1836. Put your hands out the window! Traffic stop, 1836. Put your hands out the window! Put your hands out the window! How many occupants? Oh, you yes, 13. How many occupants are in the vehicle? What's going on? How many occupants are in your vehicle? 
It's only myself. Why are your weapons drawn? What's going on? Open the door slowly. Step out. Open the door. I'm not getting out the vehicle. What's going on? Get out the car. Open the door slowly and get out. What's going on? Get out of the car now. Open the door. Get out the car. Hold, 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 hold. Keep your hands outside the window. Keep your hands outside the window. My hands are right here. What's going on? Get out of the car now. Get out of the car. What's now. going on? Get out of the car now. Get out of the car now. I'm serving this country and this is how I'm treated. Yo, what? Guess what? I'm a veteran too. I don't know, babe. Get out of the car. What's going on? Get out of the car now. What's going on? What's going on? You fixed it. You ride the lightning, son. I'm sorry, what? Get out of the car now. What's going get on? Get out of the car now. Get out of the car. Sir, just get out of the car. Work with us and we'll talk to you. Get out the car. You received an order. Obey it. I'm... I'm... a. I'm honestly afraid to get out. Can I? Yeah, you, you should be. Going? Get out. What's get going out. on? What get did out I the do? Car. Get out now. I have not committed any crime. You're being stopped for a traffic violation. You're not cooperating at this point right now. You're under arrest for a traffic. For, you're being detained. Okay, you're being detained for, for a traffic, traffic justice. Traffic violation. I do not have to get out the vehicle. You haven't even told really? me why I'm being stopped. Really? Get your hands. Get, get out the car now. Get out the car. Get your hands off me, get please. Get your hands off me. You know what? Get your hands off me. Get your hands off me. Back up, I don't do anything. Don't do that. Sir, get out of the car don't now. Do that. Hey, sir, don't get out of the car that. now. Don't do that. I'm trying to talk to you. Okay. I'm trying to I'm talk to you. Get out. Just relax. get out of my car. Can you please get relax? Out. Can get you out. please relax? Get out of the car right I, now. Man. This is not how you treat a vet. Uh, I'm actively serving this country, and this is how you're going to treat me? I didn't do anything. Whoa, hold on. Back What's up. going on? Hold on. But, I mean, I thought the cops showed tremendous restraint. I just don't know why they have to, um, why don't you just comply? Yes, officer, what, what would you like? Oh, get a step out of the car. Yep, sure. Look, you know, here's this, here's that. Yep, check this, check that. Everything's in order. Great. Am I free to go? Yes, you are. Really, is that simple? Can I just say, this is not an American thing. This is also happening here as well. Uh, I, I see it, um, you know, the, the people, as soon as the police, they're like, you're having a loud party. Police, uh, neighbors complain. They call the cops. They're saying, hey, can you please ask these guys to, to put their, um, put, turn the music down or lower it? And as soon as the, the police do that, straight away, they get the attitude, they get the lip, they get the all sorts of It's, you know, it's a tough job. I wouldn't want to do it. And, uh, but when you uh, continually get this all day, every day, man, that must be taxing. So it's this passive-aggressive attitude that I don't know why. Not all cops are bad. And not all citizens are good. Every time there's an engagement, it's not always police brutality is what I'm saying. Okay, sometimes police are doing the right thing and the guys and the person is being particularly obtuse, just don't resist. So it's not just the minorities as well. So, I mean, here's, this next clip here is a, is a woman who gets pulled over, a white lady. So she pulls over, she tries to be all nice and coy, and of course, when she still gets a ticket and she's not going to get out of it, towards the last minute or so, you can see her start to uh, use everything. She used this, the, the, oh, I don't feel safe, uh, you know, and making all these, these little assertions passive-aggressive once again, made all these, these assertions to the, and the police are just not buying and the more that he doesn't buy into it, the more she just gets really triggered. You're doing everything but drive this car. You've gone through emails, you've looked at pictures. Okay. Everything but drive the car. Okay. 
Okay. It's illegal. Okay. Is there a reason you might be doing this or? Um, I'm at a, are you pulling me over because I'm walking? Yeah, sure. Um, I'll go ahead and pull you over then. I'll have you pull into that, the, uh, I, I didn't I'll, mean that I'll have you pull over sir. into the BP lot, okay? I didn't mean that. Hang tight. Pull all the way up, please. Thank you. May I ask That's, what else you're pulling me over for? Um, nothing, ma'am. Okay, so then am I getting a citation? Yes, ma'am. Um, under Ohio State law, you can only pull me over for texting if there is another offense and give me a ticket. Well, I've done this 20 years, and you're wrong. Um, in the I, city just, I just looked up. <laughs> cool. Except for uh, the city of you, Dublin. You need to look up the city of Columbus, ma'am. This is the code I'm going to actually give you. It's 2131.44b. Okay. I'm actually going to give you a copy of the law today. Great. It is primary offense. Just so you know, also, walking up to a woman's car, mm -hmm. you should have pulled me over. You're lucky I didn't have my pepper spray on me because you scared the ever-living shit. Well, if you, would, if you woman, would not, if you weren't going through emails, sir, you would probably be I'm more not, observant. I'm not trying to be an asshole. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, mm -hmm. as a woman, mm -hmm. I'm actually shaking right now because you scared the ever living shit out of me. Well, I've made over I, seven thousand traffic sir, stops, and I've never that, been pepper sprayed. But you, so. I understand that, mm -hmm. sir. But I'm telling you, as a woman, mm -hmm. you made me feel unsafe. Okay, I'm a public safety official, ma'am. I understand ma that, but I please listen to what mm -hmm. I am saying because mm -hmm. you're not listening because you're seeing this through the eyes of me trying to get out of a ticket, which mm -hmm. I'm not. Oh, you won't get I'm out of it, yeah. Sir, I can assure you of that. Sir, can I please finish mm -hmm. my sentence? Go ahead. As a public employee, mm -hmm. I am letting you know, as somebody who pays, who is a person who pays your salary, Sir, please. No, I'm no longer going to listen to you. I'm, I'm no I'm longer going you. to listen to you. I'm going to give you your driver's license Thanks. back. What you are being cited with ticket, is te with is you, texting you, while driving. Great. I gave you a copy of the law. You're going to have three Can options. Have your badge your first option, it's going to be right here, ma'am. It's K Connor badge 1300. It's at the bottom Can of I your citation. Your no, ma'am. You will. You, all I have to do is provide it to you. It's on the bottom of your citation. Oh. Can so, you're going to have three separate stop. options. I won't give you your options then. I need your signature. Your signature is not an admission of guilt, but I need, do need your signature because it's a arrestable offense if you do not. I can't believe that you won't even listen. No, as soon as you said, I pay your salary, we're done. But, sir, we're I'm done. trying to tell you we are so done. that you can do your job better. I've done my job 20 years, and I, I'm protecting the that. public from you reading your emails while you drive your car. Well, that drive hasn't safely existed now. for 20 years. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's right across the board. And as I said, we get it here as well. It's, it, it, I see it, and I'm going, why? If you're not doing anything wrong... Just say, yeah, what would you like? Oops, sorry, okay, you know, using my phone, yep, caught it, cop it, cop it sweet, and go on. I mean, okay, this one concerns me, the false rape charge. So, this clip here, the the woman, or the, the, the lady, files, a, has consensual sex with a guy, and then the next day, this guy's getting charged with rape. And, uh, thank goodness for him, that there was ample evidence to show that, that uh, it was definitely consensual, there was no uh, forcing of any type, and they dropped the charges.
Christine, that security video coming from the popular student bar behind me here on MLK and Menlo. And while the judge declared the student innocent, he is not out of the clear just yet. He says he now has to prove himself to a USC ethics committee that will ultimately decide whether or not he can stay here for the fall semester. Well, I was very surprised that these charges would be brought against me because I hadn't done anything wrong. USC student Armand Premji charged with rape after a night out at an off-campus bar. But he says security video from the night of April 1st taken from Banditos shows he's innocent. When I saw the videos, I was very relieved uh, that there was proof to substantiate uh, my side of the story. The video shows Premji and a female student kissing in the bar's back corner, her arms around his neck. Premji said she kept pulling him closer, and after several minutes, she led him by the hand out of the bar. On the sidewalk, Premji said the girl introduced him to her roommate, where she made sexual gestures behind his back. She made a gesture to her friend uh, of her plans to have intercourse with me that night. Premji says they had both been drinking. The two are seen leaving in an Uber before arriving to the girl's dorm room. Security video there shows the alleged victim stopping to sign him in. After I had sex with her, I left, and the next day the LAPD was at my doorstep asking me about, you know, what, what happened. Premji says the alleged victim never reported the incident to police, but he was charged with rape after he says her roommates gave officers his name. Premji said the girl was the aggressor, and last Saturday a judge agreed after seeing the video cleared him of all charges. Just imagine if that didn't exist. This guy could be facing, what, six years, 12 years? And she completely made it up. Now, to me... To destroy someone's life like that, that is um, well, criminal, but that's a horrendous thing to do to someone. So, you know, how do you stop it? I don't know. Maybe one of the things is we, um, you know, we have a, a reciprocal type law. So if you accuse someone and it's proven that you actually lied, then the same pen penalty should come back to you. So if you accuse someone of um, destroying property or something like that, and it's proven that you're just being a dick, basically, and uh, you completely lied and completely fabricated the whole thing, then that penalty that you are charging them with should splash back onto you, and, and you should be the one doing the time. You should be doing the same time for the same crime that you lied about. This is just my theory. I'm not saying, you know, I'm not going to start a movement about this, but this is, I want to open a dialogue about it. I think it would make the person, the accuser, think twice about it and making sure that they definitely, definitely have the information before they go for it. And I guess you could extend this out to, um, to the media. You know, you could, I, I can't believe that you can watch all these different news outlets and they just make all sorts of assertions about, as I said, um, systemic racism. Oh, he's this, he's Islamophobic, he's, um, you know, transphobic and she's this and she's that. And... They don't back up anything. To me, like, you should be saying, well, you've got 24 hours to back it up. And if they can't, not two or three months later, like they're doing now, oh, yeah, there was no rush inclusion. Oh, there was, just back it up. And if they can't back it up, then there should be some penalty. You can, you can say anything about anybody, and if it's wrong, oh, well, I made a mistake. Yeah, but when you say things at a time, particularly with a certain amount of clout, you could really damage someone, like, permanently. So uh, to me, there's got to be some accountability back. If you're caught in a lie, the same penalty, that reciprocal sort of law where the same penalty applies to you, I think, um, I don't know, it might sort a few things out. Just my ideas, just my thought. Okay, um, that's it for episode one.
I hope uh, you enjoyed it and I'll be busy trying to make the next one. So we're going to do these every Monday. It should be up, ready to go. Please do all the things, subscribe, etc, etc. That really helps me a lot. And if you want more content, great. Tell me. Tell me what you want me to talk about. Happy to do that. If you have any questions or criticisms or information that you want to pull me up on or raise with me, more than happy to. Um, so, you know, we'll just we'll just keep this going. So it's not about right or left. It's not about up, right or wrong. It's just about, hey, let's just think about things. And because everybody's got good points and bad points, and, and we should be thinking and, and saying, okay, we'll go with this one to this point, but not to that. And we should be free to do that. And we're not. We're just being saying, if you agree with me, then you have to not agree with the other person 100%. And I just don't buy that philosophy at all. We don't live in black and white. We live in all the uh, all the, the shades of grey in between. Okay, this is Lester for the People's Front of Judea, signing off for episode one. See you next week.